Ash. This is a Sunday night meeting of San Francisco Insight. Uh, we'll sit for about a half an hour, then there'll be a talk and then discussion. Uh, please assume your meditative posture, whether you're on a cushion or a chair or a bench or a couch or standing. How is it now, Pam? Okay, better. So please begin meditating immediately. You don't have to do anything special. We want to be aware moment by moment by moment. And of course, we are aware moment by moment by moment. We want to be aware that we're aware moment by moment by moment. Many of us appreciate beginning with the body, the first foundation of mindfulness, and being aware of the body sitting here or standing here if you happen to be standing here or lying down here if you happen to be practicing while you're lying down. But to be mindful of the body is very simple. It means simply feeling it sensing it, being aware of the liveness that is you. If you're hard of hearing, please get closer to your speaker because my voice tends to go down as I get more meditative. Please turn up your speaker if that's helpful. as we begin the meditation, be aware of your body and the aliveness that's right here.
and that aliveness displays itself in the shape of your body or in the texture of your body or the sensations of your body or the movement of your body and the breath that the body breathes itself. And there's one main instruction right now, which is begin to meditate now. in this moment. So that you're aware of the body or the breath, or if there's something else in the foreground of your heart and mind, be aware of that right now. Don't wait to begin. Begin with what's here. We have this wonderful opportunity to be aware now in this moment, which is the only moment of our life is right now. So begin here. Whether it's the aches and pains of the body or the relaxation of the body, or the warmth of, or coolness of the body, or if you enjoy your breath or don't enjoy your breath, the breath, or whatever else might be here. The sounds or smells or tastes or thoughts or feelings that are just here, alive for a moment. And we don't want to wait to be aware of anything. Even if you've just come on, begin right now. Don't wait to begin your meditation.
if something very pleasant is happening, if you like the state of heart and mind that's here, or if you're enjoying the breathing, be aware of it now. And conversely, if you don't like what's happening, that the body feels uncomfortable or you don't like the thoughts you're having or you don't like what I'm saying, be aware of it now. It's happening right here. It's part of the life that's displaying itself right now. Don't miss a moment of this life. Because it'll be gone in a moment, this moment. If you get mesmerized by some thought or memory or feeling, some emotion, be aware of that now. It's here, it's alive right now. The mesmerization, the enchantment that can happen with thought and fantasies and memories and ideas and beliefs. Be aware of the process that's happening now. simply one moment at a time cultivating an embodied awareness of the life that's sitting here and displays itself in so many ways so many forms sight sounds tastes touch thoughts feelings and our reactions to all of those, 
or any of those. And we can start to rest in the awareness of that which knows moment by moment by moment. Very simple. Just begin your meditation now in this moment. And then this moment. And this moment.
So tonight I'd like to give a talk about beginner's mind. And I'm gonna to read to you a little bit from this book, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind by Suzuki Roshi. And Suzuki Roshi, if you've never met him, you get to meet him right now. He's happy to say hello to you. Um, he uh, was the founder of San Francisco Zen Center about 50 years ago, a little more than that now, maybe 60 altogether. And he, um, he was a priest who came from Japan, didn't think he was gonna, he came for a visit to America. And he was very inspired by what was happening and the people that he met. And so he decided to stay and then he, people wanted to meditate with him and the meditation group uh, grew bigger and that ended up being Zen Center. And Zen Center has three different locations, both here in this San Francisco, there's uh, the city center. And then um, uh, in Marin, there's Green Gulch Farm, which is also Zen Center. And then down south, they have a monastery, uh, Tassahara. And I've spent time at all three. I've never been a formal Zen practitioner, but I did, uh, when I first started meditating, uh, actually that's, I used to go to Zen Center at 5.30 in the morning because you could, they would let you in and you could sit and then you could just leave and you didn't have to do anything or relate to anybody or anything. And I really liked sitting. So I sat a lot at Zen Center. Um, and I'm not technically, I wasn't a Zen student, but I love Zen and I love Suzuki Roshi. And I've read this book many times because every time I read it, I learn more. And I think, oh, this, this, he's the real thing, Suzuki Roshi. And I would encourage any or all of you to read this book. Um, and I'm gonna actually read the introduction from the book. And you'll hear, it'll, so I've got it printed out so it's not in small type, it's easier to read. Um, <clears throat> here's what, how he begins. And just to be correct, so this is his book, but his book was, uh, it was created by a woman who was a student, Trudy Dixon, and she really made this book. She took transcriptions of his talk and she edited them and she put the, the book together. And she ended up having a little help from some other Zen students, but we wanna give her a tremendous acknowledgement because this book has been changed many people's lives Zen mind, beginner's mind. So <clears throat> here I'll begin. People say that practicing Zen is difficult but there is a misunderstanding as to why. It is not difficult because it is hard to sit in the cross-legged position or to attain enlightenment. It is difficult because it is hard to keep our mind pure and our practice pure in its fundamental sense. And when he says mind, I would say mind and heart, would same word, chitta, so right? Um, 
And he goes on, he says, the Zen school developed in many ways after it was established in China, but at the same time, it became more and more impure. But I do not want to talk about Chinese Zen or the history of Zen, and I'm not interested. I am interested in helping you keep your practice from becoming impure. And remember, purity is not just a moralistic world word. He's talking about the essence of who and what we are. That's what he wants to keep pure, the knowing of what's here and what, and the knowing of what's knowing what's here. So, and I'll continue from him, from Suzuki. He says, in Japan, we have the phrase shoshin, which means beginner's mind. The goal of practice is always to keep our beginner's mind. The goal of practice is to always keep our beginner's mind. Suppose you recite the Prajnaparamita Sutra, Sutra only once. It might be a very good recitation. But what, if, what would happen to you if you recited it twice, three times, four times, or more? You might easily lose your original attitude towards it. <clears throat> The same thing will happen in other Zen practices. For a while, you will keep your beginner's mind, but if you continue to practice one, two, three years or more, although you may improve some, you are liable to lose the limitless meaning of original mind. The limitless meaning of original mind. For Zen students, the most important thing is not to be dualistic. Our original mind includes everything within it. Our original mind includes everything within itself. It is always rich and sufficient within itself. You should not lose your self-sufficient state of mind. This does not mean a closed mind, but actually an empty mind and a ready mind. If your mind is empty, it is always ready for anything. It is open to everything. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are few. Which is just a key quote, a very famous quote by Suzuki. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. It's open to everything. And in the beginner's mind, in the, in the expert's mind, there are few. When we, when we think we know something, it can limit the openness of our heart and mind. And it doesn't mean we have to pretend uh, we uh, don't know anything. We can know things and still have a limitless mind about the potential to discover more about reality and the truth and who and what we are and what everything is and everyone may be. And he continues, he said, if you discriminate too much, you limit yourself. If you are too demanding or too greedy, your mind is not rich and self-sufficient. If we lose our original self-sufficient mind, we will lose all precepts. When your mind becomes demanding, you will long for something. You will end up violating your own precepts. The precepts, he says, not telling lies, not to steal, not to kill, not to be immoral, and so forth. If you keep your original mind, the precepts will keep themselves. 
In the beginner's mind, there is no thought, I have attained something. All self-centered thought limits our vast mind. What we, what, when we have no thought of achievement, no thought of self, we are true beginners. Then we can really learn something. The beginner's mind is the mind of compassion. When our mind is compassionate, it is boundless. Dogen Zenji, the founder of, Zen, of his school of Zen, always emphasized how important it is to resume our boundless original mind. And if I was speaking in my language, I would say we keep reassuming, re-inhabiting our true nature of who and what we are. The, the magic and miracle and wonder of who and what we are. And I'll go back to Suzuki, right? Dogen says, emphasized how important it is to resume our boundless original mind. This is always true in ourselves, in sympathy with all beings. Then we can always, we are always true to ourselves in sympathy with all beings and can actually practice. So the most difficult thing is always keeping your beginner's mind. There is no need to have a deep understanding of Zen. Even though you read much Zen literature, you must read each sentence with a fresh mind. You should not say, I know what Zen is or I have attained enlightenment. This is the real secret of the arts. Always be a beginner. Be very, very careful about this point. If you start to practice, you will begin to appreciate the beginner's mind, your beginner's mind. It is the true secret of Zen practice. So that's a little bit what I want to talk about tonight is beginner's mind and the beauty and wonder and magic and delight and um, inherent component of what he calls beginner's mind or original mind, he calls it, or I would call it the essential heart and mind or the sense of being that inhabits all of us. That is what is listening to me. That is what is speaking through me, right? The magic or wonder of what's here. And he says so many beautiful things, right? He says, if your mind is empty, it doesn't, empty doesn't mean there's nothing there. Empty really means in that sense, it's not, the mind isn't reified, it isn't concretized, it isn't hypnotized. It's simply here with what we know and what we don't know both, right? That's the non-duality that is so valued in Zen practice. Right. And he goes on to say, love what he's, I love what he says. This is the, the real secret of the arts. And when he says arts, I think about music and dance and poetry and writing and comedy, the performing arts, uh, you know, and the athletic arts of, uh, you know, baseball, football, swimming, running, biking, um, basketball. How many people saw the, the magical basketball game that happened last night with Gonzaga? Just raise your hand so I can see. Yeah, right. Okay, great. 
And I mean, I know some of you may not be big sports fans, but this was a game. I mean, I thought it was the best basketball game I ever saw in my life. It was such an amazing, beautiful game that these these young people, college students, played. And you and uh, and I taped the games so I can watch it at my leisure, and I don't have to watch the commercials. But sometimes, even before, if I really am interested in the game, I'll check out. Oh, who won to see? Because I don't like to watch my team lose usually. So, but I didn't do that last night. And actually, my wife and I watched it. My wife likes basketball also, and so we watched it. And it was just wild. And every moment, you never knew what was going to happen, or who was going to win, or or who was going to do what. And it was so. Every moment was a fresh beginning of, and it, and that's part of what beginner's mind is pointing at. It's pointing at this moment, right? It's pointing at the magic and the mystery and the the beauty of the of the each moment comes alive begins now, and that's always true. It's always true. As far as I can tell, and I'm happy to hear from some of you later. And I know somebody's got their hand up. And if you can wait till later, I'm happy to hear what you have to say. But uh, yeah, you, you can put it back up later, Andrew. Um, uh, yeah, so anyhow, but he's talking about the arts. He says, he said, it's a real secret of the arts. Always be a beginner. When you're dancing, be a beginner. When you're singing, be a beginner. Here, I've got a bad news for all of you. I'm starting to sing. And I can't sing more shit, but I'm starting to sing. And I'm a total beginner. And it's so much fun because I have no idea how to sing. But it's just happening. And I'm not even doing it half time. It's just I'm walking around. All of a sudden, I'm singing. So, um, and you know. But I'll save you unless it's relevant to the talk, and then I'll sing a little bit. Um, but it is—it's—it's it's part of the beauty of the arts. Is the arts only really work now, right? You can't—you can't do a great dance and be in the past or be in the future. You have to begin right now. You have to be in the moment right now. Hmm. And so, so I knew I was going to talk about beginner's mind and Suzuki Roshi this morning, uh, today. And I got up and I do an early morning meditation, which I really usually like. And uh, sometimes I don't like it, but I got up and I sat and I was so appreciative of the opportunity to begin the meditation now which is always true. And I was trying to emphasize that in each moment of our meditation, because it's always beginning now. Whatever, even this whole talk, which I was thinking, oh, how am I going to talk? Should I, I've got a lot of notes about beginner's mind. I thought, oh, is that fair? Can I do a real beginner's mind talk reading off the notes? But of course, I'm not reading off the notes. The notes have never been here before in this moment. And I've never been here before in this moment. So it's beginning now, even though the notes are written down. And, uh, and so even the meditation this, the, today was just lovely because I just was watching each thing begin. 
a thought begin or a feeling begin or a sound begin or a breath begin or, or, or my awareness begin or my uh, mind. I did a lot of thinking at the beginning of the meditation. So I was watching the thoughts and they just keep beginning again, right? But I stayed very present in each moment because I was meditating with it instead of just being mesmerized by it. It's my favorite new word, mesmerization. I made that word up. I think it's a really good one. And yeah, and it happens. Some of you may have noticed it in your own meditation. You get mesmerized by something. And of course, even in meditation, the instruction is always, if you get lost, right, begin again, begin now. You know, or, or if we're on a long retreat, often after sitting for 40 minutes or something, we'll say, whatever's happening so far, forget about it, begin now, right? Or if somebody's been, even myself, when I'm doing longer sittings, I'm sitting for an hour, an hour and a half or two hours, and whatever's happened, I, who cares what time it is? If I get confused or lost or I'm not aware, begin now. Is, is the main instruction, begin now. Also, the other instruction I always use is relax and begin now, because it's really good to relax each moment and with whatever is here. Because of the begin again now, the beginning now is the freshness of each moment. And by freshness, everything I said about the magic or wonder or delight of this moment of life begins now. And I was out for a walk and it's still, I, and it was, I was just having a you know, beginner's mind morning because I knew I was teaching about this. And, and so I'm walking and, I'm, and, uh, and everything seemed new. And of course, everything actually is new even though I may have seen it yesterday, it's not whatever I saw yesterday is not the same as now. And it was just delightful. Of course, it's one of the things I like about San Francisco is you never know what the hell the weather's gonna be, no matter what they say on the weather forecast, and it's always changing. And so I was hoping it would be sunny or beautiful. Wasn't it yesterday it was kind of sunny and beautiful? or two days ago it was sunny and beautiful. And today it was, I got up, it was foggy and it wasn't so beautiful, but it was brand new. And, and the instruction was to begin now, be aware now, right? And it was great, great to walk, walk in the park. And what I reflected on about beginner's mind was the different qualities that arise with beginner's mind. And one of the qualities, which I think is really fantastic, is not knowing. And it's just, it's so, it's such a beautiful component of practice to see what we know and also that we don't know, that there's so much we don't know. And again, with the game last night, it was great because I didn't check ESPN to see who won. So I didn't know who the hell was going to win the game. And it kept, it had like 
16 different lead changes, right? Between the two teams, right? And then, you know, a lot of time it was tied. And then, and, and we didn't know right till the end, right till the last second, actually, uh, this is, what do they say now? This is, there's something the writers say about if, if they're writing about a movie, they said, spoiler event or something. This is a spoiler. Yeah, somebody knows, well, Allison knows what I'm talking about. Can you say what it is? What's the word they use? Alert. Alert, spoiler alert. Thank you, Ali. Um, it's good. Ali's right above Allison. So Ali is A-L-I and Allison is A-L-I-S-O-N. And I know you're not his son, so but that's what it looks like. Oh, could be, you know, never doubt. Good, Allison. We don't know. Who knows? <laughs> so, so the game was tied, uh, right? It went into overtime, and then in, at the end of overtime, uh, it was. Uh, it wasn't. Yeah, no, it wasn't the the team I wanted to win. Gonzaga was ahead by two, and then the other team got up and shot and made it and tied it up again. And Gonzaga had like four seconds to get down the court and try to score. And this one guy ran to about midcourt and shot a, a, a shot from midcourt, hit the backboard and went in at, at the end, at the last second. And that was the end of the game. And it was just, it was so much fun. And it was great because Gonzaga won. And I like when my team would win. And, uh, and I've never rooted, just so you know, I've never rooted but for Gonzaga ever before, but they also have an unbroken, they haven't lost all season. They've won like 25 games and nobody's beaten them. And uh, this team was really good last night, UCLA. UCLA played great. That was fun to watch them. <coughs> So Suzuki Roshi said, uh, a student of Suzuki Roshi's went up to him and said, you talked about the first principle again, but I don't know what it is. I don't know what the first principle is. That person said to Suzuki and Suzuki said, I don't know is the first principle of Zen. I don't know is the first principle. Right, and that's beautiful because that's because that's just the truth of the way things are. We don't know what's going to happen or what's here. We know a little bit, and that's all good. And there's more to learn. And so the other one of the other qualities that I uh, recognized in my reflection with the uh, beginner's mind is a kind of wonder that comes when we're beginning anything, like how, how do we do this? Or how's it done? Or what have I seen that's been done well in whatever we do? And a kind of appreciation for people who know how to do things, right? When we're beginning. And uh, so I, I looked up the word wonder and it, it means awe, which is such a beautiful word. Awe means uh, uh, a kind of, uh, appreciation of the magic of reality. There's a beautiful Jewish uh, um, holiday that, um, that 
the days, a number of days are called the days of awe. Like that's what you're relating to, the days of awe, the magic of reality. <clears throat> and wonder means awe or also a kind of fascination or surprise or amazement. And it, it and to, to wonder also means to ponder or to reflect or contemplate or to be curious about or inquisitive about, right? And those are all beautiful qualities of beginner's mind. One doesn't do it. One is in awe. One wonders how to do it. One, one, one uh, meditates on, on how to do it or, del or contemplates what is this moment? What is a breath? What is, and not to try to think our way there, but what is, let me, let me be curious about the next breath when I'm doing breath meditation. What does it actually feel like? Not what do I remember it feels like, but if I begin now, what's this breath like? <clears throat> and this kind of wonder is described by Rachel Carson, who's a naturalist here in uh, America. And she said, a child's world is fresh and new and beautiful, full of wonder and amazement. It is our misfortune that for most of us, that clear-eyed vision, that true instinct for what is beautiful and awe-inspiring is dimmed and even lost before we reach adulthood. If I had influence, if I had influence with the good fairy who is supposed to preside, excuse me, if I had influence with the good fairy who is supposed to preside over children, I would ask her to gift each child in the world uh, be a, I would ask her gift to each child in the world be a sense of wonder so indestructible that it would last throughout life. And that's really beautiful. Uh, blessing and prayer that she's given to all of us. May our wonder continue throughout life, even when it's difficult, even wondering when the hell is this shit going to end? Because we don't know. It will not last forever, even when things are difficult. Things will change. And there's a quality of truth when we're beginners. It's, it's something that we're coming into harmony with the way things are, with the not knowing and the truth of what is here because we don't know. And of course, if you're new to meditation, you already have beginner's mind. You wanna, uh, you wanna stay close to it. You don't wanna, you, it, the goal is not to become an expert at meditation. It's to be here and let the being reveal itself. In Zen, they have a, there's a old story. Tizang uh, asked Feiyan, where are you going? Feiyan said, around on pilgrimage. Tizang said, what is the purpose of pilgrimage? Feiyan said, I don't know. Tizang said, 
not knowing is most intimate. Right? And so it's again, that quality of not knowing. When you sit for your next sit, if you sit again later tonight or tomorrow morning, don't know what's gonna happen, but be there for it. You don't have to know what's gonna happen. You just wanna be there and be aware. Become more intimate with whatever shows up. Not just what we like and don't like, but also our reactions of liking and not liking to anything in the moment. Become more intimate with the whole fabric of reality that has experience and the awareness of experience. Honey, I was thinking about the not knowing and the beginner's mind. And I've mentioned this before. I had a couple trips in the last pre-COVID. Uh, one is I went on a retreat at the forest refuge for 10 days. And, and on the way there, I thought, oh, what the hell am I doing going across the country to go sit a retreat? And, but what was beautiful was I didn't know what would happen. And when I got there, I watched beginner's mind do itself because I knew how to practice and I didn't know how to practice. And the practice kept changing on its own and it wasn't me doing it. It was beginning each day and each sit. And I kept thinking, no, I'm supposed to just stay with the body and breath or just do one thing. And that, that did, you know, that worked for a day or so, <laughs> but then it didn't work and it didn't have to work because something else happened. And the other thing that I mentioned was my 50th high school reunion, which I went to and same thing on the plane there. I thought, oh, really, what the hell am I doing going to this reunion? I don't even know all these people. This was back in Detroit. I was going and it was great. It was great not to know. And then to have a kind of beginner's mind of meeting people freshly. Even my old girlfriend, of course, I don't know her. It's been, you know, probably 40 years since I've seen her, at least 20. Maybe I saw her when I went to Detroit once, be, once before. But, but I didn't know her. And it was great to meet her new, to begin again. <laughs> hmm. Let's see what else. I've got a couple different things. Uh, I'm going to do two things. I'm gonna, so I'm going to read. This is from the epilogue of uh, Beginner's Mind. This is the last part of the book, Beginner's Mind. And he says this, Suzuki Roshi says, we must have beginner's mind free from uh, possessing anything. We must have beginner's mind free from possessing anything, a mind that knows everything is in flowing change. Nothing exists but momentarily in its present form and color. Nothing exists but momentarily in its present form and color. One thing flows into another and cannot be grasped. 
Before the rain stops, we hear a bird. Even under the heavy snow, we see, we see snowdrops and some new growth. In the east, I saw rhubarb already. In Japan, in the spring, we eat cucumbers. <laughs> it's a great last line. <laughs> in Japan, in the spring, we eat cucumbers. And what, what I hear in this, and why I love this, and I just learned, I just read this today. Actually, uh, somebody said to me, I told them what I was teaching. They said, oh, this was their favorite quote in the book. And I thought, okay, let me, let me hear it. And then it was like, oh, that's great, right? Because a beginner's mind is free from owning or grabbing or being attached to anything, right? In a mind that knows everything is flowing, is in change, and that nothing exists but momentarily this moment, and then this moment, and then this moment, and then this moment, and this moment. And those are just moments. They're not continuous in the way we think of moments. It's not just one thing. It's just like this talk. It's a talk, right, with a lot of words, but it's been one word at a time, right? It's just this moment of the talk, right? He says, one thing flows into another and cannot be grasped. I, you have full permission to grasp my talk if you would like. You can keep it forever, right? Just hold on to it. But you can't. I can't even. <laughs> Anyhow. And then he goes on with his poetics, right? Before the rain stops, we hear a bird. Even under heavy snow, we see snowdrops and some new growth. In the east, I saw rhubarb already. In Japan, in the spring, we eat cucumbers. Totally ordinary, beautifully ordinary Suzuki Roshi. So we have a little time for comments, questions, reactions, liking, not liking. Uh, I don't read the chat. You have to raise your hand, please. And you can go to the either the reactions button or sometimes it's the participants button. And I like to hear from everybody, but also I like to encourage those of you who haven't spoken or new, speak up. What the hell? You got nothing to lose. It's just a moment. You can begin now. Okay. Miru, did you just pull your hand down? No, your hand's up. Hi, Miru. Hi, um, Eugene. I just have a question uh, about the Dana talk. Would you like me to go after the Q&A oh, right um, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot about that. No worries. No, so, I know. It's because it's part of my not knowing mind. <laughs> should, yeah. should I give a quick uh, check? update reminder about this yeah yeah sure okay. let's do it now you can do anything anytime just about anything <laughs> thank you everyone um thank you Eugene, for the talk um before we move into the q a today and then discussion um i want to just remind everyone about dana so dana is a poly word that means generosity or giving freely it has played a central role throughout the buddhist uh, buddhism history um, and the spirit of this generosity has been guiding all aspects of our San Francisco insights, um, our vision and our, our operations too. Um, 
So as they say, I think as I think about Donna, it kind of also makes me think about my beginner's mind to the San Francisco Insect Society. Um, so it's always kind of resetting, well, how am I you know, contributing and being the part of the, the society as well? Um, so if you can, it can be anything, um, offering a small favor of funds to help sustain our uh, teachers and also our, the maintenance of our community um, uh, is also a sincere form of uh, spiritual practice. So we appreciate everything that you give to us. And I'm gonna share the uh, quick link in the chat so that you can actually um, um, uh, visit the link for the Dana as well. Thank you so much. Great, thank you, Miru. Okay, Andrew. Andrew, you need to unmute yourself. Sorry about that. Um, thank you, Eugene and everybody. Um, I liked a lot of what you said and I especially liked starting now just the way things are because I'm always making excuses that they're not quite right. Um, and I like mesmerization. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Your talk was kind of like a counter to what's going on in my head. You know, not knowing is like a negative for me now. It's not like not knowing if a woman is gonna call me back. It's not knowing how all, the, instead it's not knowing how all of my physical ailments that seem to be piling up are going to turn out. And another counter, uh, another- Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> slow, slow down. No, good, good, cause it's true. You don't know. I know. And, it's, and, and then there may be a reaction to not knowing. And you want to be aware of the reaction, Andrew. Meaning you may get scared or angry or frustrated or what, whatever reaction you may have, but it's the action that where is where the dukkha is. It's not in the not knowing. I know. Yeah, fear, fear is my go-to normal reaction. Right. I shouldn't say normal, but familiar, familiar. Yeah. So you want to be really kind to the one who's afraid. And you can, you can begin now to be kind. It just takes a moment. The other thing that you helped me kind of offset my normal thinking is constant change you spoke of as something to sort of be in awe of. By the way, days of awe, I wrote down notes. Mine are days of angst. <laughs> is, that what, is, is that in Judaism or is that? That's an Andrewism. Okay, it's an Andrewism. Got it, Andrew. Right. So the constant change versus it's, it's going to be like this, you know, and it's going to be perpetual. When it's bad, of course. When it's good, it's going to be fleeting and it's going to be gone soon. That's well, my negative. That's my negative thing. Right. So you just want to switch those two. When no. it's bad, it's going to be fleeting. And when it's good, it's going to last forever and you'll hate it. No, I'm being, I'm kidding with you. I'm being paradoxical because you just, you're seeing how the mind works. 
to make it right and wrong, good or bad, this or that. And again, what Zen points at often is a more non-dualistic view of reality. It's all part of one thing. And you don't get, you don't get the one thing without good or bad, right and wrong, you know, like and not like. And we have the opportunity to be aware and rest in that which is aware instead of in the particulars as they happen. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's a practice. Which I haven't been doing enough of. Yeah, but it's, the practice is 24-7. You're doing it. Even, even being here, you're doing it. It's, not, it's meditation, but it's 24-7. The, la- the last time I was here was six months ago when I was dealing with asthma. I need to be here not just when I'm on my knees, but when I'm on my toes. Okay, but uh, it's fine to be here when you're having a hard time because that's part of what Sangha is for. But it's true. We want you here even when you're not having a hard time and see what happens. Just just begin once and do it once right? and see. And even if you're having a hard time next week, then come back anyways. But if you're not having a hard time, come back and see what that's like. Yeah. It could maybe won't be fun at all. It was fun when I came back on in Presidio Heights and um, <laughs> and, and the uh, Unitarian Center, and there were times when I was doing pretty good. So yeah, okay. Well, I think I think I should try it again. Please try it again. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Who else? Nobody else has their hand up. Always surprised people are so quiet. Oh, there we go. Don Lee. Oh, yeah. Hi, Eugene. Hi, where are you? Wait, wait, I got to go back to gallery view. Yeah, there you are. Hi, Don. Hi, Eugene. How are you? Yeah. Um, Great. I really resonated with the, the first principle. I don't know. Uh-huh. And, uh, I was just thinking to myself um, how often we think we know and how often we start ending up judging both ourselves and others by thinking about what we know or we think we know what yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. And it's just, um, yeah, it's just like we don't know, but it's, easy, it's very easy for us to just fall in going, I do know. I'm not meditating right, or I'm not doing this right, or somebody else is doing something wrong. Right. And it's very, yeah, it's just a great thing to keep in mind. So I just yeah. wanted to share that perspective and yeah. hear your thoughts about it. Yeah, thank you. Well, just that it's really, uh, especially the piece about how much we think we know of other people and we don't actually begin new now to see who is this person now. Like I was mentioning my girlfriend, you know, and uh, my old girlfriend, not my girlfriend now. (laughs) Um, And it was really um, lovely to meet her because I didn't know who she was. And, uh, and even me and her husband, who I also knew because he was, we all went to the same high school, she ended up marrying him later. And, uh, 
and just, of course, I didn't know who he was. And it's easy to have ideas about who people are based on the past or based on associations or based on what somebody said about them. But to really not know and begin now and see now, who is this person really? And even, of course, I've said this before, even with if you live with someone or you have a partner, don't know them because you don't. You know them a little bit and it's good, but it's always good to really meet them now in, in reality, in this moment. And, you know, and even, even if in this marriage, you know, I've been married a few times, but in this marriage, we begin again now all the time and it helps. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay, who's next? I'll lower your hand down and Ben. Yes, hi Eugene. Speak up, I can't see you. Hi Eugene, can you hear me now? Now I can hear you now. You can. Yes. So I haven't been here for a while. Um, various things pulled me away, including having to fix the toilet and a few, a number of things. Um, okay, well, I hope your toilet's working. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> um, but. So question or comment, Pat, what do you got today? Sitting has been very uncomfortable. And uh, because on a regular basis, I've been very tired, mm. not getting enough sleep, having fatigue. And, you know, I was sitting with it. And also the body feeling very uncomfortable, very tight, very, not very relaxed. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was sitting with it and kind of saying to myself, well, this is what is. And so be with it and find that extraordinarily difficult. There's something that wants to change things. Be aware of what wants to change things. Like get more intimate with that. Not, not what you want to change, but what is it that wants to change things? I don't know. <laughs> good. That's a good, good response. And, and it's interesting, that first principle has been coming up for me for days now. I don't know. And I, I realize that if I can really have that respected purely, that's it. Um, and it's easy for me to criticize other people who know they, they, they're certain they know, and they get stuck in that. And, and then I, I, I have some compassion for that situation, instead of criticizing them. But that's good. But um, then I'm stuck too. Yeah, but you're stuck as, it, maybe you are stuck, but be aware of being stuck. Uh, yeah, I'm not convinced I'm stuck right now. I'm, I'm just tired. <laughs> very, very, very fatigued. 
And um, lay down. And you can always lay down when you're meditating. And if you fall asleep, it's a win-win. <laughs> really? No, I mean that. <laughs> and the Zoom session still goes on, and I'm not. I'm sleeping, and then, it, then you turned it all off. I, I was I I was meaning to see that Gonzaga game, and I and uh -huh. I missed it because I was you, I, I fell asleep. Just just go see the highlight of that kid shooting that last basket. I saw, I saw it. That was amazing. That was yeah. That was oh. <laughs> Yeah, wow. Down off the backboard, wow. A bounce off the backboard, just what a what a moment. It was, it was fun. It was fun not to know what the hell was going to happen. Okay, I'm going to keep going. We have other people with their hands raised. I hope you get some sleep. Thanks. Okay. Ali. Thank you, Eugene, for wonderful talk and uh, uh, the beginner's mark. I understand it uh, conceptually. If I have a belief and it gets solidified, then I kind of act on it all the time. It's great to have a beginner's mind. But I'm gonna. The thought came to me in this past year. I'm, I'm sure for most of us, I mean, for all of us, almost everyone, I can uh, say, everybody in the world, uh, we, uh, we didn't know what the hell was going on in the past year. And then uh, people that are like more prone to anxiousness like myself have a hard time, had a hard time with it. And just not knowing is just, it's uh, not easy. And then uh, for anybody, but especially with people with the prone to anxiousness. And also <clears throat> after, uh, you know, the vaccination and everything, how do we unfold back into the society with all the different things that, it has become a habit now for a whole year. So uh, I'm just wondering to hear your thoughts about being easeful with not knowing, you know, in this general situation. Well, well, we don't know even how society is going to be now. Right. We, we don't. It's just true. So you're in the club. <laughs> it's not, you're not alone. I mean, really, nobody knows how it's going to go. And we're all making it up together. And, and let's, do the, let's do the best we can at being here because your, your here-ness, it provides kindness for yourself and for others. And we all need that. And it also provides a certain kind of presence that is really needed in our world. And that people, you know, often are out of touch with their nature or what they're, what Suzuki was calling, you know, the true, uh, I forget how he said it, the openness of heart and mind and the compassion of heart and mind that comes with beginner's mind, with the, our, our original mind. That's what, how he used it, mm -hmm. right? And it's sitting right here. And that's why we want to be here and be kind to what's here. Of course, I'm pointing at you. And, and then to see what happens, because we don't know. None of us knows. I mean, I, I said this maybe last week. I've been teaching a few different places, but uh, I, some, it was a Wednesday morning I taught. Uh, and I said 
something about, um, oh yeah, I'm ready to go out and hug everybody because I'm vaccinated now. And, <laughs> and, you know, and then I immediately got it. That is not PC. You shouldn't do that. That's not what the CDC is saying. You want to wear your mask. You don't want to hug people that are, and I'm like, okay, I get it. I don't know how to re-enter at this point. Can I just do anything I want? Or no, I can't do anything I want, right? And so it's just part of how we're learning how to find our balance and relax in the truth of the moment now, right? So take good care of yourself. Thank you. Sure. Okay. Alisa. Hi, Eugene. Hi. Hi. So I just, I wanted to reflect back in the way back years when we used to go to the Unitarian church and meet in person. Um, one, one of the things that Lonnie and I learned from you is people would come up to the microphone and they'd talk and they'd have a question and should I try it this way? And, and often you would say, why don't you go try it out and we'll see. Like your, 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 one of your thing, refrains, I guess, is we'll try it out and we'll see and come back and tell me, you know, but we'll see. Yeah. And often like I'm in the anxious camp with so many others mm -hmm. um, and I get in a little bit of a swirl and Lonnie and I will I'll be like, well, is it going to happen this way? Is it going to happen? I don't know. We'll remember your phrase. Well, let's see. We'll just find out. Mm -hmm. And my experience of that, when I remember that, is that it's it's relieving. Like I I don't have to worry as much. I don't need to forecast as much. I don't need to plan as much. Mm -hmm. It's just like okay, well, something will happen, mm -hmm. and we'll yeah. find out. And it's been such a wonderful um, lesson that we share. And I, at, at the beginner mind, you know, it, that's what's present for me right now. And I just wanted to say thank you for yeah. repeating that phrase over and over again so that we would learn it. Yeah, great. No, thank you. And good to see you. And of course, we don't know what's going to happen and we'll see. That's the fun part of being awake. Even if it's bad, better if we see than not see. <laughs> if we don't see, then it gets worse. <laughs> if we right. see, we have the opportunity to respond. Yeah. Great. So thank you. Okay, thank you. Who else? Okay. Okay. Uh, Clint. Hey, Clint. Hi, Eugene. It's great to see you. There you go. Hi. Uh, uh, be quick. We have at least one more person, so go ahead. And okay, I'll, I'll be brief. When, when I'm in a painful place, and sometimes a painful place can last for a while, mm -hmm. my ego starts, I get frantic. I think, well, maybe if I read these books or if I go to this meditation or if I go to the gym or if I try to hang out with friends, maybe this pain will stop. And it's all just kind of ego bouncing around. And I wonder, is there a role for prayer in Zen Buddhism? Absolutely. 
Correct. But just, just, just like, you know, just give me some guidance. I just can't do this on my own. Yeah, no, I think prayer, that kind of intention, help me, is really good. I need some help. And, you know, a lot of loving kindness is all about prayer. You know, may I be safe, happy, peaceful, free from suffering. That Those are prayers. And yeah, pray, pray totally. Feel free to pray and see what happens. And, you know, and I've said this before, but especially in my, after my bad accident, uh, I would wake in the middle of the night and just the loving kindness would happen all on its own because I was scared and I didn't know what was going to happen. And I would just do it. It also, if you do it systematically, it calms the heart and mind. You get a certain kind of samadhi from repeating the phrases in loving kindness practice. Eugene, can I say something about prayer that- uh, uh, Wait, wait, no, 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 not, not now, please. It's not a jump in time, sorry. Come on, wait, I want to finish with Clint. Well, I, I, that's, all, that's my question. So okay. I, but thank, thank you, Eugene. This has just been so great to come back. Thank great. you. Good, good to see you, Clint, take care. And then Shawnee. Shawnee, there you are. I see you, but I don't hear you. Yes, I'm here. Hi, Hi. Eugene. It's it's Shaney. You can Shaney. go either way on that, but I prefer Shaney. Sure. Uh, you. You're welcome. Um, I haven't participated in your Sangha for over 12 years. So for the gentleman who's feeling a little bad about six months, uh, I've beat you by a little bit there. Um, want to offer my gratitude that you are still doing Sunday night, 6 p.m. Sangha. I used to walk down to the Unitarian Church. Um, I don't live there anymore, but I'm just so pleased um, and grateful that you're still doing what you're doing. Thank you. Where, Thank where you. are you? I am in <laughs> Mill Valley, California yeah. now. Okay, you're not, not too, too far. <laughs> no. Great. Well, yeah. nice to see you after 12 years. And you. May you be well. Okay, now, Ben. Uh, yes, I, I just want to say that. Then, so be quick. Bonte Darmoire, who was a teacher of mine. Um, who? Bonte the Darmoire. Vera Mahatera uh, Dharmawara, Bhante Dharmawara, who was from Cambodia and lived in the United States the last year of his life, um, taught uh, a particular prayer. Um, he said that both the Buddha and Christ were both his saviors. And um, uh, what, he, what he taught was, and I, I do this all the time in retreat, when, when I get into a, a difficult spot. Um, o most compassionate Lord Buddha and Lord Christ, please help me. And, and it, it does help. It's, it's really interesting. Um, well, it makes sense to me that it helps on many different levels. And one level is it's acknowledging our vulnerability and the need for help and the need for some kind of, as 
um, I believe it was Clint was saying some kind of guidance that's needed at times. And so it's really, and when we open ourselves to it, it can happen, right? And so, yeah, great. Thank you. So we're going to stop now. Uh, let's see. Um, and I'll just say a little bit, a little last prayer. Here's another prayer. Um, offering our good wishes, uh, appreciating our blessings and the goodness of our time and place that we've got the opportunity to be here and practice and learn and wake up together and discover our beginner's mind, heart, at this moment now and be aware of the life that's been given to us at this moment now. And offering uh, our good fortune may it go out in every direction, in every realm, in every world. May all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be free from suffering, free from dukkha, free from thinking they know what they don't know. And may all beings realize their beginner's mind, their original heart and mind, their Buddha nature, their essential self. May all beings be free. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.